Welcome back to another edition of It's Rainy Mets, the CBS 21 weather podcast. I'm Steve Knight, along with meteorologist Ed Russo. Hey, Steve. Hey, Ed. Wow. What an eventful week it did turn out to be. I didn't think it was going to be like this when the week started, but um, it was interesting because I, I felt almost like uh, Wednesday and Thursday, we were, we were, when I say we, I mean us as meteorologists here at CBS 21, we were the focus again. I, I haven't felt like this since uh, we dealt with like a winter storm. I know. I know. I mean, there were, there were, uh, there were places all over the country reporting on the air quality here. Yeah, that's a good yeah. way of looking at it because yeah. uh, we had some of the worst air quality in the world on Thursday. Yeah. So when you think of spots like Beijing or Bangladesh, um, when you look at their air quality index, which is a standard that um, is based off of, I get, I believe, EPA standards. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, we were we were worse than than the top 10 uh, major cities in the world for for air pollution. So, yeah, I it was, you know, it, it, it and I keep saying this when you look out the wind, when you looked out the window, it looked like a hazy, hot and humid day, but it wasn't humid at all. It's right. Smooth, you know, and you walk out and it's cool. Yeah, right. You know, yeah, so of all things, it wasn't. It was, in fact, uh, abnormally unhumid, for lack of a better term, for uh, uh, early June. Right. It just that smoke gives it that summer hazy. So it's been very deceiving and and kind of bizarre. You know, we've obviously dealt with air quality days. A lot of our days have, you know, are are issued because of ozone. Yeah. This was, you know, primarily due to smoke, but. Yeah, uh, very strange week. It kind of began with that crazy hailstorm um, on Saturday, that freak sure. hailstorm that rolled through Harrisburg, and then the smoke. All right, well, let's start there. Let's start with uh, the hailstorm, because you were actually on shift on uh, on Saturday night. And, you know, it's funny, at home, uh, you know, it started at home, and I say home, I'm in New Cumberland, and and you know, all the telltale signs of a storm coming in. And I knew there was a front coming in. So I quickly uh, jumped on radar uh, from home. And I no sooner said to my wife, you know, uh, there's a little bit of a hook signature going on here. Mm -hmm. And she kind of looked at me like, well, you know, what does that mean? You know, I, I was more like thinking out loud. And I was like, I, I, it's, I don't think it's anything to be worried about, but it might really rock and roll here pretty soon. And like two minutes later, you know, first rain and, uh, and then hail. And I was able to, you know, I was kind of waiting for it. So I was standing uh, on our back porch under the awning and, and was able to shoot some videos. So explain to people and, you know, how, how does, how do chunks of ice fall from the sky in June? So, you know, the the odd thing about that setup, I mean, basically you have any thunderstorm has really strong upward motion. We call it an updraft. Mm -hmm. So you get raindrops that get caught in that updraft, they're carried high into the sky above the freezing level. Of course, right. the level of the sky where temperatures are at or below freezing. And when those particles get carried all the way up, they freeze. And if the updraft is strong enough, they carry the the frozen rain drop back up into the updraft and that cycle keeps happening until it's too heavy 
for the updraft to support it. So then gravity takes over and falls to the ground as a hailstone. So you can actually get several cycles of this uh, raindrop, frozen raindrop going back up in the clouds and back down again, then back up then back down again. So it keeps happening until it gets too heavy. And some of those hailstones, I mean, the updrafts in, in that, in that uh, storm was so strong that, you know, we had ping pong to golf ball size hail coming out of the sky. Yeah, I, 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 I don't ever remember seeing hail that large uh, here in Central P. At least not me personally. I mean, it was pretty impressive. Yeah, it was. It was. You know, and I think we had maybe one incident last year where we had some decent sized hail. But typically, when we're talking about hail in Pennsylvania, we're talking about penny to quarter. We're not talking about golf. Yeah. I mean, that's more typical of the Midwest, especially the the front range of the Rockies. And um, what's interesting about that storm, too, and you loaded up your radar, is it was coming from the Northeast. You know, most of our most of our storms come from the West or Southwest or Northwest. They don't come from the East, especially a strong one like that. So we've been having these backdoor cold fronts recently, which have been bringing in this really chilly air. Yeah. And I think the thunderstorms were in kind of an environment where the freezing level was super low. So you kind of, because of the way the cold front was coming through, and I think that kind of played a role in the ability for these storms to easily produce larger hail than usual. So yeah, that's, you, that's kind just, of my theory with it. I, right. But, it, you know, it, you know, and I saw it coming into Harrisburg. You know, I, I, it was in northern Dolphin County. I'm like, dang, this storm is holding together and its trajectory is right towards Harrisburg. And I'm, you know, emailing the newsroom. I say, hey, you know, Harrisburg's about to get a big hailstorm. And, you know, we're just trying to make sure we're all set and ready to go to you know see if just in case just in case there's any you know damage reports or whatnot or and sure enough you know it, it did come with wind too did you did you, were you did you see the the hook echo that i saw yeah it was brief i you know we were set and ready to go uh yeah. it did look like there was some some spinning going on it, yeah. it's hard you know we're on the edge of a radar of the state college radar site too. So a lot of the rate ro rotation we see in these storms tend to be kind of upper level higher yeah. in the sky than at the surface. But yeah, I was, there was definitely some rotation as it was swinging in from uh, Northumberland into dolphin. Yeah. So yeah, I was seeing that too. And then, and then it just, that kind of went away. And then what really became the focus of attention was just that really you know, intense hail core. Yeah. All apart until it got to the West shore. Right. Yeah. You know, the thing about hail is that, uh, you know, you explain the process and, and the, the updraft winds. Well, um, you know, hail and tornadoes, not always, but often do kind of go hand in hand because yeah. you've got, you've got the start of that process of updraft winds that wind up, uh, causing a rotation and, uh, causing a tornado. So, um, you know, once I saw the, I saw the hooks and again, I'm sitting at home, you know, so I see the hook signature and then I see the hail and I'm like, A, I was quite frankly surprised uh, that that storm had that much punch mm -hmm. and, and, or that it gained that much steam as it came our way. And, and B, I was also then thankful that we really didn't have um, any true rotation. Um, 
because that was impressive hail, which means there were pretty impressive updraft winds. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, to, in order to in order to generate hailstones that size, you've got to have some really impressive updraft winds. Think about the size of those hailstones, and they started as a raindrop, and they went up and down, up and down, uh, going through that process that you explained. Well, it takes strong updraft winds for that to happen. Yeah, a strong imagine, storm. You know, right. imagine, imagine having a quarter in front of you, okay, and trying to blow on it. Right. And it probably doesn't move. Yeah. Right. You know, and you know, and that's. When we typically see hail here, it's it's penny to quarter size hail. Yeah. So imagine the amount of wind that was blowing to take that a golf ball size hail stone vertically up, you know, upward, like that. So right. it was it was, and there was video that we found on over Lycans Mountain, of course, which is north of Harrisburg in Dolphin County, and the entire you couldn't even see the road because there were all the trees, all the the tree limbs and trees were just covering the road. I mean it it. it you didn't have necessarily large trees that were over the road, but it, the road was just covered in leaves. Yeah, I believe you posted a picture of that, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Well, our video, yeah, we a video, shared it. yeah. And and it's just like I can't even see where the road is. It's yeah. public. And you know, I saw in your yard. Yeah. Um, you know all the all the trees and twigs that were getting snapped. I yeah. mean, usually yeah. when you get big hail like that, you get you get limbs that are taken down not by wind, but by the hailstones that are basically chopping part of the tree branches Yeah, down to the ground. So it's a very bizarre scene. So my son, uh, who just graduated from college, uh, literally a week ago, last Thursday, um, he, he's, you know, he's got, he's got a job and, uh, a good job. He's going to live at home for a year and save up money to buy a house. So he's back home and he's living with us. But a week ago, he went out and got himself a 2020 RAV4 um, with about 20,000 miles on it. So, you know, he paid a paid a pretty good penny in this day and age right now. Cars are not cheap. Oh, no. I um, so this is his first big purchase as, as a grown-up, as a 22-year-old college graduate, soon to be 23. Now he's got his first real job. So he went out and uh, spent a, a good chunk of change on a uh, a new-to-him automobile, but it's very nice. And we get this hailstorm, and we don't have a garage. So, you know, his car is parked in the driveway. He was freaking out, Ed. Yeah. What luck. <laughs> what horrible luck. Yeah. Thankfully, it was not enough to cause you know dense damage break windshields i looked at him he, he came running down he was upstairs he came running down the stairs when he heard it i'm like videoing outside and he's like what about my car and yeah. uh i looked at him i was like chris we have insurance <laughs> you know like it is what it is buddy you know like i i think we'll be okay as long as you know softballs don't start falling from the sky but you know the other thing too with hail damage like sometimes you look at your car and you're like oh it's fine so no you have to get down at eye level oh yeah because there can be little teeny weeny yeah little little right. little little dense yeah it's almost you like you, you kind of tapped at it with a ball peen hammer yeah, exactly. Yeah. So when you uh, when you're when you're by your car, you know you don't visibly see the hail damage unless you get down to the eye level. But then once you see it and you know it's there, it bothers yeah. you. Yeah, I mean, we were teetering on the brink there of of uh, a lot of people firing uh, filing insurance claims this week, and who knows? There may be a few isolated spots where that did happen. But I mean, we were teetering but, on the brink of the kind of widespread hail damage 
that uh, puts us on the national map and makes us part of the national conversation, at least in the news cycle for 24 yeah. hours. Right. Right. Yeah. It was just, it was just kind of a, you know, a freak thing that happened and yeah. um, probably won't, I wouldn't imagine we would see something like that again this summer. Yeah. Hell yes, but not, not to that degree. Yeah. So, you know, my son, my wife, my son was worried about his car. My wife was like, you know, Oh my God. Like, you know, she was, kind of like you know like is this going to get worse should we go to the basement you know um and i was and you know what i was giddy yeah <laughs> i hate to say it i was I, so excited i have never seen hail like that with my own falling with my own two eyes i've only ever seen it happen on video i've only ever i was actually really happy because it was pretty obvious once it ended and it really only lasted in earnest for maybe 60 seconds Right. So it wasn't like this went on and on and on. It was about from start to finish, probably about 60 seconds. And once I was able to kind of assess that, you know, nobody's windshield's been busted out. My house is in damage. You know, I was, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it other than just to say like a geeky feeling of euphoria. Oh yeah. I bet. <laughs> I thought it was so cool. It, is, You know, I, I, I think there's like a weather shield around me because um, we didn't get anything at our studios at CBS 21. Yeah. And, and as, as the oh, yeah, flies, I mean, I am right. On, as you know, I'm right. I am literally right on the other side of the river. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah New Cumberland. And yeah. Then, I'm yeah. in New, I'm in New Cumberland and I, I live on the river side of bridge street. Yeah. So with a good, with a good arm, I could throw one of those hailstones and it would land in the river. Exactly. Yeah. Right. You know. So, and that's like, you're right in the trajectory of South Harrisburg. So South Harrisburg yeah. and then on the other side of South Harrisburg, New Cumberland, like up towards Susquehanna Township, Yeah. you know, Northern Harrisburg, Yeah. some rain and some wind. I got it at my home in Camp Hill. Yeah. I got the, um, I got the hail here. So, and I actually, yeah. Yeah. So I, I kind of missed the worst of it. I was right on the outskirts. Yeah. I mean, I'm, so when, when you, when you go across the South bridge toward the West shore and you get off at the Lemoyne exit, the very yeah. first exit. Okay. You come to that light. There's the Burger King, the KFC, you make a left. You're technically still in Lemoyne at that point. I'm, I'm on Carroll, which is the very first street in your Cumberland. So I am like a block down from that light. I'm I'm okay. right right yes, when closed. Bridge Street starts in New Cumberland. I'm right at the coffee shop, and then I'm back I'm back toward toward the river. So if I if I hit that light, especially in the morning when I'm coming to work, from my driveway to being on the South Bridge is like thirty seconds. So okay. and and you know from the South Bridge you're you're right there in Shy Poke and you know so, and our station is what Ed three blocks off the river, four blocks off the river, like four blocks off the river. Yeah. It's a short you know? walk. Yeah, exactly. So it's just goes to, I mean, this is why I, you know, I, I still geek out over whether I'll always, even when I'm not doing this anymore and retired, I won't be able to stop following weather and trying to follow along from home. I'll miss having all of the access to all the really good tools that we have, but this is why I love it so much because you know, like you say, here at the station, no hail. And then at my house, I mean, it just dumped. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, and I, th I think people are aware of how hyper-local things can be because yeah. I remember some of the comments. People are like, oh, my gosh, I got nothing here. That's crazy. Yeah, right. Yeah, there was somebody who lived in uh, 
you know, Lewistown who was commenting. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm in Lewistown. I didn't get anything. I mean, but yeah, you're like 50 miles away. Yeah, right. <laughs> People yeah. will see if something's happening in Harrisburg, it's got to be happening it's here. It's got to be happening here. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we have a big viewing area. Yeah. So, yeah. It's just so this, this whole, we've been talking about these backdoor cold fronts over the past couple of weeks. Right. You remember the Memorial Day? Yeah. Where the Carolinas were stuck in the 50s. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 So that low pressure is basically the same circulation that's been spinning off New England for the past week and a half. Yeah, and it is not budging. Well, that you know leads me into uh, next topic du jour here. So yeah. let's talk about the haze and and the wildfire smoke. And um, I saw you you had a tweet. I think you retweeted something that Ryan Maui had tweeted yesterday, yeah. and I really liked what you had to say, but. So go ahead and 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 give us your theory on to you know exactly why this happened this week. So the so the big anomaly here, I know I know people like to instantly ju- jump right to climate change. Sure, anytime yeah. there's any anything extreme happens, climate change, climate anom- change. An- anomalous things have have happened long before this was a right. topic of discussion. Right. So. I kept telling everybody, I told everybody in the newsroom, I said, the real anomaly here is the wind direction. We typically do not see a north-northeast wind like this that's so sustained for a long period of time. So we're we're in a, what you call in weather a blocking pattern, where when you get a blocking pattern in the jet stream, meaning the jet stream buckles, yeah. and the same pattern stays in place for an extended period of time. And that's that's what we've been seeing when we talk about blocking in the winter. When we get locked into a cold pattern, yeah, this is a blocking pattern. So if we had this back in January, this would would have been a sustained period of twenties and for highs. Sure, we have a week to ten days or more of twenties. Right, I would have been one of those cold, dry patterns. Well, look, yep. we've got a cool overall dry pattern in place. So we've had typically in the fall, we get these things called backdoor cold fronts, which usher in cooler air. Um, but again, that's that's more fall. Usually in the spring and summer, that's not a setup we see. But yeah, it's just an unusual setup. Yeah, because of that low in southeast Canada, east of New England, we're in this consistent north flow, which is unfortunately coinciding with some pretty big fires in yeah. eastern Canada. And you're talking about the Acadian, you know, National Forest, which is one of the largest, most uninterrupted, densely forested places in the world so when you get a fire yeah um, there's a lot to burn and the other thing is fires have happened there every single year but this time of year the wind basically carries the smoke over nothing but moose right so no, nobody knows about it yeah it's a it's a wildlife problem in uh in northern canada right but you have you have this all this smoke being carried south into the megalopolis, which is upwards of 100 million people. And we have this sustained pattern. So we see this smoke for days on end. So it's not because there's something unusual going on globally. It's because we have this anomalous weather pattern going on with a north wind. At the same time, we're seeing some pretty big wildfires in Canada. I mean, wildfires are something that happen every year. And right. yeah, it does seem like we've seen a, you know quite a few bad ones over the past decade. But again, the big the big reason, the main reason we're seeing it is because of wind direction. Yeah, I think that kind of gets 
missed. I think again, when you blame when you when you bring up climate change with every anomalous event, you confuse the distinction between the differences of climate and weather. Yeah, I between just just so weather, fast, just jump just right weather. to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, this 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 I couldn't agree with you more. What took place this week was a weather pattern, coupled with the fact that yes, there were wildfires uh, in uh, eastern Canada, which isn't unusual. But it was a weather pattern. You can't just immediately go climate change. Oh, right. you know, and it's and it's not. We're not saying there's not evidence of it. We're saying sure. that this simply is not. You know, like the the real strong. Yeah, this shouldn't or, be. How wherever you fall on climate change, okay, uh, I agree with you that scientifically, this isn't part of that conversation. No, but it always it always goes right there. Well, you know, it's funny there again. So this is going on and, and uh, I guess it was Wednesday night when it was starting to get pretty bad. It started to get pretty bad through the day on Wednesday. Yes. And uh, you know, there again, you know, of course I'm, I'm, I'm the one that everybody asks in my house. So uh, my wife says to me, she's like, you know, I, yeah, I, this is really getting bad. Like I, you know, has this ever really like happened before? Do I not? And I said, well, I said in 2002, um, we had a similar setup, similar scenario. I said, it remains to be seen. I don't think it was quite this bad, but it did get quite smoky here. And there was talk of, you know, canceling events. Quite frankly, I don't believe the DEP was up, uh, with their warning system. It just wasn't. And obviously you didn't have the, the instant information coming into the palm of your hand that you did back in, uh, 2002. And so I was explaining to her, I said, I said, listen, I was like, they, they they feel as if, at least the experts in Canada feel as if these wildfires, as per usual, uh, were sparked by lightning. It has been a bit dry in Canada. As I could tell, she was kind of leaning toward the, oh my God, you know, the the earth is is, you know, ending because of climate change. And now we've got to deal with this. And, you know, and I just I said to her, I said, you know, in, in 2002, you know, it, it 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 we had this very similar setup and scenario. But I don't think it was this bad. But I just looked at it and I said, you know, problem is we don't know. But I guarantee you that at some point in time in, you know, uh, <laughs> in 202 and then again in 468 and then again in 612, so on and so on. And in the year 12,086 and in the year 1333. You know, the Native Americans were, you know, sitting where we're sitting right now going, why is it so smoky? <laughs> because right. they right. had wildfires in Canada that were sparked by lightning and a prevailing northerly wind that brought it their way. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and, and again, Lynn, this is a great point that you brought up. They didn't have these mobile devices that said, hey, right. you're on air quality alert. Right. And I'm I, I'm not. I'm not criticizing the system at all. I'm basically saying that when people have instant access to all of these alerts that they didn't yeah. have 20 years ago, yeah. people are more tuned into what's going on. And yeah. sometimes when you're constantly being bombarded with, you know, alerts for this alerts for that, you think a problem may be in fact worse than it is. The fact is we have more ability to be on top of these issues because of our mobile devices. And now we have all of these systems of alerting people of danger. So where we didn't before, 
You know, we right. could have had the same thing 20 years ago, but people didn't get a code red. Right. Code red sounds pretty bad. Yeah. And when we have that lingo, uh, you know, you, you go on Twitter, all my Twitter feed was like, oh, code red, code orange. And people are like, oh my gosh, all these, you know, horrible uh, alerts yeah. that we're talking right now that you didn't see 20 years ago, not because of climate change, but because of the, because we now have a warning system yeah. that's in place that alerts people of what's going on. So there's a lot of psychology behind it too, behind how people perceive threats and their perception of, was it worse 20 years ago? Is it worse now? That kind right. of thing. You know, the flip side is, is that it it does make for a more educated public because I had a lot of people um, over the last couple of days, up to and including our general manager, Bill Bradley, and you and I were having that conversation with him yesterday, um, you know, back here in the Weather Center. But it, it does help educate the public because people that didn't care about things like micrograms, you know, per cubic meter, 48 hours ago now are starting to understand what that means in the air quality index and how anything over 250 is not good. And we right. were in the four hundreds yesterday uh, morning. So um, it, it, having all of that stuff in the palm of their hand to those people that actually take the time to dive into it and try to kind of figure out what it means, it does kind of help educate them. So uh, the flip side is I did actually get some, Dare I say it? Uh, I, I don't mean to be like belittling, but <laughs> I did get some pretty intelligent questions that were asked of me. You know, yeah, where people were no. were trying to research this or trying to trying to figure why is this bad, and and instead of just you know going, it's a code red, climate change. Yeah, you know, it's 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 you know, in a way, whenever these things happen, especially when their lives are affected personally, they're sure. forced to actually educate themselves. Yeah. Um. And even us. Uh, yeah. Oh, I, I, believe you me, I, I learned some things this week because as soon as this really started to kick in, uh, I had to brush up on a lot of stuff. Yeah, so did I. I mean, yeah. this is not typically a problem that we see to this degree. Right. And this is not just a learning experience for, you know. Yeah. For the public, but it's a, it's a, it's a learning experience for us too. So at the end of the day, going through something like this, it's it, it helps us become more educated on yeah. a problem and yeah maybe- and i i almost feel like when we get into situations like this you know we have the burden of of having to go on the air as the experts so we better be right because when at least when we're talking i'm not talking about the forecast i'm talking about when we're discussing a situation such as this and the air quality index and and micrograms and um you know all that stuff um, you know, we we have the burden of because it's the second that we're not correct, someone that's watching that is truly uh maybe they work for the DEP or some form or or any kind of a um a group or a, a lobbying group that uh, deals with air quality, I mean, they're gonna jump us as they should. I mean, you know, we're we we're trying to inform the public scientifically about what's going on here. Um, we've got to be buttoned up. So I I kind of kind of was I, I did a lot of refreshing and learned some things along the way, but you kind of feel like you're almost like uh, a professor or you're, you're teaching a college class when you go to do weather because, you know, I, I saw your weather uh, this week and and my forecast too. I mean, it, that essentially was all I was talking about. So we had, you know, two and a half to three minutes to kind of explain to people, you know, what's going on. Yeah, and it was uh, it was certainly a lot of. Uh, you were kind of, you know, learning about all the, all of this stuff on the fly. Yeah. 
because the the situation was progressively getting worse right as as it was happening and even i when i was outside yesterday i i was outside for probably 20 to 30 minutes and i could actually feel like a burning sensation in my throat me too um, yeah i i definitely uh, noticed it as well I, and it wasn't like, I, I it wasn't just like you know hyper or whatever like no. i could definitely tell yeah mm-hmm. and then and then it was it was you know i think a fir- the first time i think people were taking these air quality alerts more seriously yeah, really, because normally, you know, when you mentioned it earlier in the podcast, but normally we 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 do get code orange alerts here in Central PA. We probably get twenty to thirty a year, where yes. we have a you know an air quality alert, and it's almost always code orange, as a which is you know one step below the code red. Um, you know, and that's usually for air particulate matter and and pollutants and people. I mean, we we talk about it on the air, but people don't. I mean, most people don't care, don't know, don't, don't, uh, don't really give it much mind or pay much much attention to it at all, or even know why it's happening. Right, and 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 a lot of those air quality alert days, you can't necessarily see it. Yeah, it looks it pretty much looks kind of normal outside. It might be a hazy, hot, humid day. We predominantly get them um, in the spring and summer months, but we do occasionally get one in the fall and winter. Yeah, this this you could see. Yeah, right. Tangible evidence of yeah, poor air quality. I got to tell you, when it comes to danger and communicating danger and threats, it is so much easier to communicate it when people actually have something to see. Yeah. Oh, you know? you're, boy, that's a that's a that's a good thought, Ed. Because that, I mean, that's why carbon monoxide is so scary. Yeah. Unless it's faceless, yeah. it's, it's you know, I always worry. Oh, is my carbon monoxide is my carbon monoxide detector not working, or is it working? Because I, you know, I'm not gonna know if the gas is present because it's completely invisible, odorless, right. tasteless. So, you know, it's hard to communicate these threats. I think there's a lot of complacent people out there when it comes to CO dangers, because you can't necessarily see it. But yeah. when you hear about it and you see people dropping like flies in a house where they're having CO poisoning, it's yeah. it's obviously very scary. And again, it's like you can't see what's going on because it's the whole thing's invisible. So it's just a lot easier to talk about the threat when it's I think so that- tangible and it, all you have to do is look outside your window. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with you. It, it's I why, tor- it's why tornadoes are more sec- are sexier than straight line winds. You can see the tornado coming. Yeah. You can't see the straight line winds until they're there. Yeah. Meanwhile, the straight line wind that is, you know, 105 miles per hour that uh, does big time damage. Everybody, I, I almost feel like people are disappointed when it wasn't a tornado. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I know. Oh, it's sexier. It's oh, it was just a microburst. Yeah. <laughs> no. Boo. Whether the winds are going straight or twisting, you get the same damage. Yeah, right. All right. Real quick before we wrap up. So, uh, quite a week. Uh, getting warmer here over the weekend. Um, obviously, we had some some overriding mitigating factors at play here this week, but I feel like we're not too far away from the conversation shifting toward the people are going to start asking us, Hey, when is it going to get hot and humid around here? When When is it going to start to feel like central PA summer? I, I think we've, I think we've got that coming here, uh, transitioning toward, toward mid June and quite frankly, toward the start of summer. Yeah. Which is third week of June. Yeah. I, we're less than two weeks out now. So yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. So that, that'll be something to look forward to. I mean, it was crazy how two nights ago it was, it was in the thirties, upper thirties in some spots. Yeah, I know. I, I was looking at, I was looking at the temps and it's just like, wow. <laughs> wow. It looked, it looked like a muggy foggy night. Yeah. And it was in the upper thirties. Yeah. I, you know, I think that, um, on or about the time that, that, you know, we're going to be ushering in summer here, which is as we record this podcast, a little less than two weeks away. I think we're going to probably string together a lot of days that'll be uh, typical uh, for that time of year, uh, mid to upper eighties, but at least right now through June and never say never, I don't see any prolonged, like three or four day stretches of, of mid nineties coming our way anytime soon. I just don't. And that, you know, there again, never say never, but we might actually, we might actually, we'll see what, what, you know, we got a long way to go. July, August and September can be very hot, but I'll say this. I think we're going to ease into summer without any big spikes or big time heat waves. Yeah. And you know, we're kind of due for a cooler summer anyway. We are. Oh my gosh. The last few summers have been blazing. Yeah. So I think, I think, you know, we were talking about that um, in, in the spring. So in earlier in the spring. So yeah, yeah, I think kind of, you know, due for that, you know, we, we did have one really hot day. It wasn't humid. Remember that 96? Yes, but it wasn't humid, you know, but so that was, also, that was also strange because usually when we're hot, we're also humid. I know. I know. Yeah. That was, that was, that was 96. That felt like 86. That was uh well, it was last Friday. Yeah, that and, that is a dry heat. When everybody yeah. says, "Oh, I could have lived in Arizona because 120 is a dry heat," no, 120 stinks. Believe it or not, the 96 in a dry heat is is it's, is it's manageable. tolerable. Yeah, it's manageable. Yeah. I got home. Uh, I had to do a few things in the yard last Friday, and um, you know, I did a little bit of yard work. wasn't a lot. I was putting more of it off until later in the weekend because I knew it was going to get cooler. But you know, I was just like, "Wow, you know." Th- th- and I knew at that point in time, about one, two o'clock in the afternoon, it was like 93, 94. And um, it really wasn't that bad. Right. You know, yeah, no. you know, it wasn't that bad at all. I, but we'll see. Uh, it does look like it's going to be a little bit sticky here, like Sunday into Monday, but some thunderstorm chances next week. That's the other thing. The big soaking rain that we need. Don't see that. But hopefully we can chip away at this deficit with an unsettled pattern early next week. Yeah, hopefully we get like a nice line of rain. We'll probably come with gusty storms as it usually does. Yeah. I think the benefits there are would be great. Yeah, I, I'm kind of getting to a point now here where I think in really in order for us to to really make up this rainfall deficit, uh, we're gonna have to get the remnants from some kind of a tropical system. Yeah. What we don't want is the remnants of something like a lee. You know, no. we, we don't want, you know, 12 inches of rain in 12 hours. Um, but, uh, you know, a good it three, four, a good, three, good three or four inch rain over the span of 18 hours would be about what the doctor ordered around here. Yeah. Yeah. I think that would be, that'd be really good. It's so important this time of year because everybody's planting, transplanting. Yeah. That's when, you know, a lot of plants and yeah. crops and stuff need water the most. So, yeah. We shall. All right, Ed. Well, interesting week. Uh, what a, really, I hate to say fun, uh, but look, I, I don't think anybody died as a result of this. Yeah. No. Uh, but one of the more interesting slash 
fun weeks we've had in a long time. Our weather's been pretty quiet. And we've been complaining about how quiet it's been. And I think yeah, we- we've been complaining about it. and and uh, be honest with you, this week I'm looking back on it now as we record this on a Friday. It's kind of fun. Yeah. And, you know, it's always good that we all learn something. Yeah. And I, right. I, I'm, I'm, I, I know more now uh, about the air quality index than I did 72 hours ago. Right. I've That's never, I mean, we were, it was, it was the huge, yeah, it was the huge focus much of the week. So yeah. everybody yeah. was every hour. I know yeah. people every hour that were, is it better yet? Is it better yet? <laughs> right. Yeah. Go outside. Yeah. It was amazing yesterday how fast it went from smoky to oh my gosh, it's normal now. Yeah, yeah. As soon as that wind started to shift a little bit. Yep. Yep. Yeah. All, All right, right, buddy. Well, good catching up with you as always. And uh I know you'll be holding down the fort here this weekend. Yep. And hopefully it's a much more quiet weekend. I think it will be. But thanks everybody. We appreciate you tuning in as always to another edition of It's Raining Mets. <laughs>